This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. This is the Green Bar Sports on a Sunday morning. Goldschmidt swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Graybar, your distributor for electrical and datacom needs. Billiken win! Billiken win! Now, from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman. Welcome to the show. We have a second hour for you. A good first hour as we were able to catch up with Ollie Marmel and take a little trip around sports. Some thoughts on the Cardinals. We got a tweet. Uh, Drew, what did they say? What did one of our fine listeners have to say? So this is from Walt Mosby. He says, if the Cardinals top pro- priority at the remainder of the season is not giving as much time to prospects as possible, their priorities are wrong. Uh, winning should be secondary. So let's get your thoughts on that. Okay, uh, winning is never secondary because what you're trying to do is teach young players how to win. So if you, it's both. So yes, you want to see his key phrase there is as possible. You can't play all prospects. Uh, you you'll get destroyed. I mean, <laughs> the uh, if you pitched like all young pitchers from the minors or something, you're going to get annihilated. I mean, you you have to have some semblance of a major league roster. You can't just keep playing young players, but you do want to give them as much time so you see what you have for 2024, but you also want to teach them how to win. And that's why it's important to have a mix of some veteran players in there with them. I mean, the lineup today is Brendan Donovan. This just came out. Cardinals just submitted their lineup. Nationals have not yet. Brendan Donovan's going to lead off again and play DH. Donovan feels like a veteran, but he's really not. I mean, this is his second year. Paul Goldschmidt's a first baseman batting second. He's pretty good, if you recall. He's the National League MVP. Lars Newtbar is going to bat third today. With Nolan Arenado batting fourth and playing third base, Newt Bars in center field. Jordan Walker bats fifth. He's the right fielder. Alec Burleson is the left fielder, batting sixth. We talked to Ollie Marmel about those two in particular, Walker and Burleson, and then I asked him about Nolan Gorman at second base. Gorman's back in there again. He'll play second base today and bat seventh. Paul DeYoung is the shortstop, batting eighth. And Andrew Kisner returns to action as he is the catcher for the cards today. It goes Donovan, Goldschmidt, Newtbar, Arenado, Walker, Burleson, Gorman, DeYoung, and Kisner. There's a nice mix right there of young players and veterans. You want to teach this team how to play good baseball together. You want to see what you have for the future. It's a little bit of both. So that's my answer. You can't just say, let's just play prospects and call it a season. I understand that. It's as much as you possibly can. And then, again, this is going to be a different-looking team on August 1st at 5 p.m. Central Time. Once they do make some trades, we're anticipating there are going to be multiple trades, 
We'll talk to John Mozeliak about it here in 20 minutes. This is going to be a different looking team with an eye on 2024, not 26, 27, but a little bit of 25 and a lot of 24. And quite honestly, now, because they want to see what they can bring in, change the dynamic. This is not going to be all fixed in one day and try to go win the division. I think everybody understands that they're out of that race. It would take, uh, as Miles Michael has put it, a Disney movie type situation. Uh, <laughs> he didn't say that now. That was earlier in the year. Uh, that, uh, you know, let's let's make a Disney movie about how we'd come back. That's what it would be at this point. So right now it is about evaluating and getting ready for 24. Cardinals fans are intrigued absolutely about what that team looks like in 24. Here's an interesting player, Alec Burleson. You know, we we mentioned a lot of the young players on this team, but Burleson, all he's done is improve. And even last year when he had bad numbers, he was hitting the ball extremely hard. He had one of the best hard hit rates, but some of the worst luck on this team. And now he's starting to come into his own a little bit, had a very nice day yesterday. And our visit with him on Star of the Game, let's hear that right now, actually. Our player of the game this evening, Alec Burleson, outstanding night at the plate. Started off with the home run, hitting left-handed pitching. But let's talk about the catch. Yeah, um, you know, credit to Willie McGee. Um, he, he's pushed me to, um, you know, during BP, really get better at it. And, and he's challenged me. And, uh, you know, I've accepted that challenge. So, so that's, that's credit to him. It's a big difference taking balls off the bat compared to off the machine and the fungos. Yeah, definitely. And that's what he's emphasized to me. You know, he can hit his fungos, he can roll his ground balls, whatever. But, um, you know, you're not going to get any game like besides BP. So he really pushed me, challenged me, and I accepted it. The timing was perfect. You took a home run away. Did you know you had it all the way? Yeah, I was striking it the whole way. And, um, you know, when, it, when I felt it hit my glove, I, I was kind of excited and, uh, you know, didn't, wasn't quite sure if I could make that play, but, uh, you know, I was excited to do it. Well, you did, and you did a great job with that. Let's talk about the offense. As I mentioned, you led off with a home run, but it seems like you're really seeing the ball well, especially against the left-handed pitcher. Yeah, uh, against the lefty, you know, I try and shorten up and, um, you know, not really put the ball in play, but I got the two strikes off of him, so that's what I was trying to do, and, uh, you know, it worked out for me. But, um, you know, the last few months, I've just trying to, you know, stay prepared. Haven't been in there every day, but... Uh, you know, just want to stay prepared and act like I'm in there every day, and, it, and it's paying off for me now. Yeah, obviously, you come to the ballpark expecting to play, and you have to go through your ritual. So how have you tried to stay sharp, especially when you haven't played as much? Um, for me, it's treat BP like my game, like I said earlier. Uh, you know, take defensive reps that way and, um, you know, take my swings during BP that way. Uh, you know, do situations and stuff like that. And, um, you know, always prepared to start, but... Um, you know, I think I've mastered the craft of coming in the game as well. Well, you prepared well for the night's game. Nice work, and maybe we'll see you in the lineup tomorrow. I appreciate it. Thank you. Alec Burson, our star of the game. Well, Mike Claiborne's correct. He is in the lineup today. He's playing left field once again with Jordan Walker in right. I like Walker in right. I think he is a better right fielder than a left fielder right now. That could change later on, but right now it looks like he's a lot more comfortable out in right. And Burleson's a good player. I mean, he continues to show some improvement there. He can do a lot of different things for you. He can even <laughs> pitch in an emergency situation because he was a pitcher at one point. But I like the player. And I, as you heard right there, the personality, he's got a, a big booming personality as well. He had Jordan Walker 
really in a mentor-mentee type role. Like You would think that that would be one of the older veterans, but Jordan Walker credited Alec Burleson with helping him through spring training and showing him where to go and what to do and really took him under his wing, so to speak, even though both players are very young to the organization overall. So I think that's a good Cardinal right there. Now watch, they'll trade him after I say all that. No, I, I think that he's I think that he's an attractive player to a lot of people. It is a jumbled outfield, I will give you that. But I do like what could be coming for Burleson. He just seems like a good teammate with a strong bat. He improves in the outfield. There's just nothing wrong with his play from what I can see. I, I, he, he's got a nice bat. He makes hard contact. And uh, more often than not, he makes good contact uh, with the baseball. When we come back, we're going to talk to Lutz Fannensteel, the sporting director of St. Louis City SC. What a win for City again. They look dominant. This is unbelievable what they are doing. It really is. We'll talk to Lutz next on KMOX Sports on a Sunday Morning, sponsored by Graybar. Welcome back to the Graybar Sports on a Sunday Morning. Goldschmidt swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Graybar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Billikens win! Once again, from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman. Welcome back. You heard some of the highlights there from City's win last night. And joining us now is the sporting director, St. Louis City SC's Lutz Fannensteel is with us on KMOX. How are you, Lutz? Hello. What about yourself? I am doing great. Uh, what a win yesterday. Absolutely fabulous performance by City. Once again, 3 to nothing over Inter-Miami. What was your takeaway? How would you describe that win? Yeah, I think it was highly deserved. We played some decent football. Uh, we were very dangerous at set pieces. Uh, all three goals came from set pieces. Uh, yeah, Miami, you could feel that that they are struggling at the moment in a, I would call it, in a in a big transition uh, with Messi arriving today and then all the other players. So it, it will be just a, a completely new Miami team. And I think somehow you got that feeling that they want to they want to get it over with uh, getting Messi in and then starting again on the 20th of August. But overall, we shouldn't care too much about the opponent. We should look at our game. And coming back from, from Wednesday's game against LA, which was definitely a tough loss, you know, uh, holding up that long uh, just to get the momentum going. I thought the boys did fantastic and very important three points in the kitty. Yeah, very important indeed as you now pause as an MLS schedule and get ready for the League's Cup against Columbus, as we heard there on Sunday. I'll get to that in just a moment, but just kind of going backwards a little bit, the loss to L.A. and then the turnaround to win this is pretty impressive, I would say, wouldn't you, about just sort of bearing down and getting after it. It's a very business-like team right now. They just uh, take care of it. Yeah, you know, having yeah, yeah, these three wins before, and then obviously the Wednesday game, it's always difficult. Uh, it was a long journey, trust me, from Toronto to LA. So with the time difference and everything, I think it was, it was we knew it will never be easy, but we also knew that, that the game against Miami needs to be the big focus to jump over that magic 40 points. Uh, so now we have 41 points, which is really amazing looking at the table, not just at the table, at the standings, but really looking at the points. And yeah, you know, with LA, you saw that they have players which are outstanding, that when they do have a good day, when they switch it on for, for some moments, that they are an unbelievably good team. And and you saw that pass and also the finish in the end of the day from Villa, that that was outstanding. 
but that's the loss I think we can live with. And, you know, we want to focus on the wind, not on the losses. We took that one on the chin. We had a good regroup after a long flight, had a, a good talk, and everybody knew, let's focus on Miami. I called them a, a wounded animal, and wounded animal can be very dangerous. But if you smart and, as you said, very professional, then uh, you can kill the wounded animal. That's what we did. Yes, you did. You mentioned set pieces earlier. This has been really a, a, a hallmark of city soccer as you lead Major League Soccer in set piece goals. You're actually five ahead of the field. Atlanta United would be second in MLS. All three of them from set pieces yesterday. Why do you think that's so successful? Yeah, set pieces is that uh, second part of our game. And we know we can score a lot of goals, a lot of goals on transition moments when we do win the ball up high and actually hurt the opponent on the counter. And the second most dangerous tool, I think, in football, or probably the most dangerous tool in football is, is the set pieces. So we put a lot of work in uh, on the training field. Alex Langer, which is our goalkeeper coach, he specialized uh, on the set pieces. So they're working really into every little detail. I think you saw it yesterday, the run of uh, Tim Parker. I think was a, uh, it was a training ground move. It was a training ground run. Uh, we know how good uh, Edu Leuven is with set pieces. I mean, that's uh, one of his biggest strengths, one of a big reason why I brought him over here. Then, of course, Big Sam. You know, Big Sam is in a, is in a good mood. He's in a, in, in a scoring mood. Uh, again, he, he basically just buried that first header from the, from the corner. And uh, if you sometimes find it difficult to break down a team out of open play, then you can rely on set pieces. That's a very, very good thing for us to have. Sam with a great goal there, Parker, and Leuven scores. Leuven being back with you is such a lift, isn't it? And uh, what has that been like? And then after you answer that, I got um, oh, it's the obligatory question of how Klaus is coming along. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for that one, so, so no problem. <laughs> okay, let's let's go one by one. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Edu's injury was uh, like uh, very, uh, like I would call it, uh, pretty straightforward. Uh, we knew exactly how long he will be out. So, being back, uh, being already on the long road trip to Toronto, but not involved there, but being with the team. Training get prepared and getting the few minutes in against LA was really important. But but you saw yesterday once he came on, uh, his dominance, uh, his willingness to get the ball and be involved in everything, attacking wise, uh, working hard against the ball. I mean, it was a difference maker. It, it it was not just the goal yesterday, but also the way he he put all the other players into very dangerous spaces. So we are really happy to have him back and. And he had that impact uh, on, on, on only 30 minutes when he was on the field yesterday. Uh, yeah, Klaus, um, I think, um, you know, we all were waiting now to get into this uh, MLS break. So, of course, we have another important competition ahead of us. But uh, everything looks fine. Uh, Klaus is in the final stages now. So uh, I'm very positive that when we play against Austin on the 20th of August, that Klaus will be at 100%. Oh, that's great to hear. A quad injury, you just don't know, do you? I mean, the, it's it's a tissue injury, right? I mean, it's it's complicated. Yeah, there's different kind of uh, areas and muscles uh, within the quad. And, I mean, Edu's one was, was pretty much more straightforward than Klaus. It just, in the end of the day, it just takes time, you know? I mean, uh, it was only uh, be patient enough to get him back. And I can tell you, I spoke with him yesterday after the game in the changing room, and, and Klaus is just... Uh, 
like well, he just wants to get back onto this field. He wants to get back in his to, to score goals. So he, he was a, it was a tough period for him to just literally wait and, and work out and try to keep the fitness, but at the same time be patient enough to to let it heal out completely. Because once you re-injure it and you do it all over again, you start from ground zero, and it's very important that we can rely on a good medical department uh, and, and a player who is smart enough to to rather wait a few days longer than push himself over the limit and we start from, from all over again. This is Lutz Van Steel, Sporting Director of St. Louis City SC. Just a couple of things left for him. You mentioned that's going to be August 20th when you resume play in Major League Soccer, but this isn't necessarily a pause or a break. You get right back to work, don't you? You have Columbus on the 23rd, and can you explain to fans, I mean, we're all new at this in terms of following a team all the way through. Most of us have watched Major League Soccer, and we're aware of the League's Cup, but why the League's Cup is important to everybody involved, and this is a World Cup-type format, correct, with the early stages? Yeah, it's uh, groups of three, so there is always two American teams and one Mexican team, so we at Club America, one of the the biggest Mexican teams of all times, maybe the biggest one, um, and, and and Columbus, and then it's basically every every other Mexican team has two American teams there. The first two going to the next round, and then it becomes a a one game off uh, going to the next round. So yeah, like a big tournament. Um, yeah, it's you know it's 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 a great way to 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 play against international teams. Number one, number two, it's also I think uh, an opportunity to qualify for the Champions League. So if you do make the final, you qualify for the Champions League, uh, which is, is definitely something very attractive. Um, but again, you know, for us now to 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 come into this uh, league break and and refocus and and and, and playing in the League Cup, that's uh, it's two completely different competitions. Our big big focus must be, of course, uh, in the MLS. I mean, that's our our our, our daily bread and butter. But as I said, uh, it's not just a fun tournament, the League Cup. It's a tournament where you can you can win a title and you can qualify for international football, which is, I think, every player's dream. So we will take it very serious and um, and, and, and refocus after three days off. Roman Bucci and Parker going now to the All-Star game to DC this week to play against Arsenal. Also, uh, I think, a special moment for both of them. And uh, then we get back to work. That is special, no doubt about it, for the organization, too. This whole thing has been. I mean, what a what a run this is. I know that you'll look back when you have time on this unbelievable story, but isn't it something that it was just months ago that there were questions out there? You remember you and I talked about it well, all that chatter out there. Oh, St. Louis, oh, the expansion team, this is going to be tough on them. And here you are at the top of the table. What a story this is with much more to come. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's... Uh, I said it many times, and I, I enjoy that sentence. If everybody thinks you suck, uh, it's, it's great because you can just prove them wrong. And uh, if if the player get that feeling that they're getting angry, they're getting motivated, and uh, really out there to prove themselves every week, it's just great. And uh, not many people uh, outside that Louis believed in us, and uh, you know, and I think lots of teams, I think 13 so far, uh, got beaten. Uh, they thought we were going to win three or four all season. And after match day 23, we have won 13. So that's something I think we already proved them wrong anyway. But I think now there is no more, no more, uh, you know, holding back. You're trying to get as many points as possible. It's our first season. Uh, it's too early to be happy. It's too early to be proud. Uh, there is still 11 games to go in the league, and then 
playoffs coming up as well, which we of course hope to to to, to be part of. And at the end of the day, so far so good. But uh, you, know, you and me, we talking since a long time every week, and you know I think we have to stay ambitious. We have to stay hungry. There's no point to sit back in the chair and just enjoy that what we did so far. We can enjoy today, but tomorrow we have to be back out there and be focused and work hard and, and stand up for each other. And again, surprise a few more people towards the end of the season. Yeah, I really appreciate these conversations. It's great insight as to what's going on inside the organization. It's the sporting director for St. Louis City SC, Lutz Fannensteel. Have a great rest of your day. Congratulations on what's been an outstanding run so far. Thank you so much. Have a nice Thank you. You too. Lutz with us. Coming up next, John Moselock. That's what the Cardinals need. You know, that kind of edge say, oh, well, you know, we're not, nobody thinks we're good. We'll show them. Uh, can they get themselves back to being the championship caliber organization that we've known around here since 1926, when almost a century ago, when they won their first of 11 titles? We will catch up with Mo next. It's 1129 on KMOX's Sports on a Sunday Morning, sponsored by Graybar. Welcome back to the Graybar Sports on a Sunday Morning. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation. Find your next credit card or loan for a big purchase and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Bullsmith swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Graybar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Billikens win! Billikens win! Once again, from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman. Welcome back to the show. It is 1134, and joining us is the president of baseball operations for the St. Louis Cardinals. That is John Mosellock. He is with us live. Hello, Mo. How are you? I'm doing well. Good morning. 
Good morning to you. I wanted to start with a transaction that just happened. We talked about the lineup that was released a little while ago, and Adrian Kisner was in there. He's been activated from the 10-day injured list. That's good news. He took uh, quite a shot there off a foul ball, and nice to have him back. You had Luke and Baker option to Memphis. Just tell us about uh, how Kiz is doing. Well, I think he's obviously he's doing well, or we wouldn't activate him. And we just want to get him in um, right away. Uh, you know, I think he probably could have started playing about four or five days ago, but given the um, requirement of 10 days, and I think he was just itching to get back in there. So uh, we made that move, and uh, obviously we'll be carrying three catchers right now, and so we'll try to balance that playing time as we go. Yeah, Herrera's pretty good. I mean, you knew that already, but – he had a nice three for three day yesterday. What have you observed from him? Yeah, a couple things. Uh, you know, obviously last year when we brought him up, we we knew he was young. We knew he was still you know growing. But you know, clearly, when you think about what he accomplished at, at AAA this year, it, it was uh, very impressive. I mean, anybody that can carry a 950 OPS down there is is obviously uh, doing something right. And I think the biggest difference is he's he's been much more aggressive at the plate. It, it was a lot of what we saw when he was coming up through the minor leagues. And last year, I think when he got a, a little bit of a taste of the big leagues, I think he was a little nervous, a little tentative. And, and now he just understands that or feels he fits in. So I think just that self-confidence is very real. And I think you're seeing that both as a – uh, on the defensive side of the ball as well as uh, at the plate. You see that in Jordan Walker, too, don't you? I mean, we all knew what a good player he was going to be. You told us. But I, there's a picture I'm looking at right now in the post-dispatch of him with his eyes on the ball, and he's diving to make a play. It was a tr- just a tremendous play. As he continues to gain confidence in the outfield, that has to make uh, you all extremely happy. Yeah, I think we always have to remind ourselves that he's still a very young man and, and obviously a position change. So, you know, we do have to be patient with, with his defense. You know, I think the exciting part is, is, you know, he was able to make some adjustments at the plate. I think he's more comfortable at the plate and he really gives you a great at bat right now. So that's great to see. This young man who's also 21 years old, Chase Davis, holy smokes. When I saw him hit the ball, he has a beautiful swing. He hits the ball a ton. But then I heard him speak and, and do interviews, and he's uh, got a big, booming personality. I, what did you observe, and how long have, have you and Flo and your group been watching him? Well, obviously, um, our history goes back with him back when he was in high school. So he was he was playing uh, actually in Dylan Carlson's hometown, and and so our scout was had a you know, good relationship with him even back in high school. I don't think he got um, – drafted or the recognition he was hoping for out of high school. So went to University of Arizona, um, didn't play much his freshman year, but played a lot as a sophomore and junior. And um, I, I think from an athleticism standpoint, you can see why we liked him. You know, it really does have good bat-to-ball skill, um, very physical. And, and so, you know, we thought it was a great opportunity to get him in this year's draft. You know, obviously when you're picking at 2021, you never know what you might get. And so we were certainly happy uh, with uh, with that pick. And, you know, I know Flo and his group are really pleased with it. We're talking, of course, about Randy Flores, your scouting director and assistant general manager. John Mozalox, the president of baseball operations. And Mason wins another one of those players with energy and excitement to him. What is the latest on Mason and how he's been looking? He's playing really well. Um, you know, swinging the bat, I think, you know, 
he too is is you got to remind yourself of age, but um, a lot of growing pains at AAA, but you know holding himself really well. And uh, you know I don't think uh, um, anybody's disappointed with how he's going about things right now. Uh, you know obviously uh, uber athletic and uh, making adjustments defensively and thrilled that he's holding his own offensively at that league right now. Obviously, we all know this is a tough time with the team and the standings where they are. I appreciate you going on with Joe Pot last week on this show and talking a little bit about your trade strategy, kind of how you're looking at, at that. I wanted to go back a week earlier and a conversation that you and I had, and I do appreciate you being open about that too, saying, look, it is fair to say that we should have done more and could have done more. Just to follow up on that, where... where do you think, and, and I think you and I were talking specifically about the rotation, is where is your mind on that right now as you look back as far as the offseason? Well, when I look back, um, you know, clearly uh, we didn't get off to the start we wanted. Um, you know, obviously losing Wayno uh, at the end of spring training at the WBC, so not having him. And then uh, obviously uh, when you look at, at even uh, Miles Michaelis got off to the slow start in April. So just the depth of, of going into the season of, of guys like Woody Hudson, Matt struggled early. It just, you know, obviously this, this is a, a league where you got to be able to eat some innings. Otherwise you just put enormous stress on the bullpen. I think you, you, you we've all witnessed it this year. And um, you even think back to some of our starts where we just give up a ton of runs early and then you just, feel deflated and you know i've been fortunate in my career not to experience this um really ever so um it's, it's certainly something that you're definitely trying to learn from and, and you know obviously you don't want to repeat it but you can see how how when when a team loses confidence when a team feels like they're already out of a game night day and night or night and day going into it it's just like it's tough and i just think from an emotional standpoint um, it's it, it's been a really long year, and so you know obviously um, we're going to have to look at ways to improve upon that, and you know hopefully there are a lot of internal lessons learned from that moving forward. Yeah, it is a glimpse into what you are going to try to do here for 24. You know, it's easy for me to say, well, why didn't you just go get an ace or go get this guy or that guy? That that doesn't always like writing a huge check. Now that you see what's happened to some other teams doesn't always work. So it's a, it's a little bit in the middle, isn't it? It's kind of what you're saying, that depth and, and innings is a huge part of this. Yeah, and I think like it, it's, it's probably never fair to just judge your team like mid-season or end of season when you're in a place you've never been. Because, again, it's, there's a lot of emotions that are involved in this. There's a lot of things that, that, that happen internally that, that maybe had – things gotten off to a better start or, or a different outcome, things may have changed. But I, I do feel like this is a team that had high expectations, got off to the slow start, and then put enormous pressure on ourselves to, to try to get out of it. And, you know, unfortunately, um, we really never got on track. And, and you know, now we have a couple weeks before the trading deadline. And you know, hopefully we can position ourselves well for, for 2024. And in that interview that I'm alluding to with Joe last week, you kind of said, look, it's more like a hybrid. I mean, we are trying to plan for now, but also a little bit towards the future. We're not looking at 26 or anything like that, but it is 
an immediate need to fix this. I think also, I know you well enough, you don't like the word that gets used a lot at the trade deadline, untouchables. Uh, but do you have in your mind, you know, some some players, you don't have to say who they are, but players you're saying, no, this the, that's not happening. Or, or is it anything possible? You know, I think the, 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 the best approach would be anything's possible. But, you know, look, I'm, I'm human. There's certainly some players I, I – I would say that there's a very, 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 very high probability that are not traded. Um, and, uh, you know, we're going to really just look at uh, a way to see uh, what's the best way to inject talent into this club. And, and we'll see uh, if we're able to accomplish that. So, you know, I guess uh, stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I had, I mentioned this at the top of the, we're wrapping up here with John Mosellock, but I mentioned at the top of the hour, I had someone tweet in. Uh, Twitter is always pretty wild, but somebody said, you know, the Cardinals should be playing prospects. Winning is secondary at this point. I said, I, I, winning is never secondary. I mean, you, you're trying to learn how to win. I, I think there's also this perception out there. What is your reaction to this where people are saying, are the Cardinals going to, are they trying to win or not? And I, I've known Bill DeWitt, for a long time, he has never struck me, again, this is the first time you all have been down this road that I can remember, but he's never struck me as somebody who doesn't want to win a championship. I mean, isn't that kind of what the Cardinals are built on? Well, I think we went into the season thinking we were built for success. I mean, you know, candidly, our team looks a lot like last year, but we've just had different outcomes. Uh, when you look at, at our club from a standpoint of – one run games we just have not done well um when you look at our club from just a pure like starting pitching era we have not done well have we been able to score runs from an offensive standpoint we have but you know unfortunately baseball is not just about one person it's it's a team effort and it's a collective effort and i think that's what i was trying to allude to earlier about when when things don't seem to be going right they tend to spiral on you and, you know, you think back to April, you know, we were just, it was just really tough baseball. And then May, we started to like, oh, we're coming out of this. But then June, we kind of went right back in. And we've just not been able to find that, that sustained success that allows you to, to play with that day-to-day confidence. And, you know, for fans and, and people that are frustrated, look, I understand. Like, I, I'm as frustrated as anybody. And, you know, hopefully uh, um, we can start to see better baseball. And when someone asks, like, are we still trying to win? Yeah, we're still trying to win, of course. Um, We're professionals. We come to the ballpark with that in mind. But we also have to be realistic. And some of the decisions that may happen over the next couple weeks are are a little bit more about the future than maybe just the 2023 season. Last thing, it sounds like the coaching staff has – the backing of this organization here. Am I, am I accurate when I, when I, when I say the staff, I mean, Ollie and, and his group there. Yeah. You know, again, I feel like we all have, have some blame in, in why we are where we are, but I mean, these guys are working tirelessly to try to get this right. And, you know, there's some things you can fix, some things you can help. And there are times where some things you just can't, and that's not necessarily a failure of, of, effort or strategy it's just you know we're we're kind of in a tough spot right now and i really feel these guys uh are are going about it right they're trying and um you know i certainly believe in what they do thank you for the time appreciate it very much and good luck today against the nationals all right thank you
John Mosella, Cardinals President of Baseball Operations, with us on KMOX. Quick break. Back with more right after this. Bar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Billikens win! Billikens win! Once again, from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman. Welcome back to the show. Final segment before we take you to Cardinals pregame. It was uh, good to hear from Ollie Marmel, Lutz Fandesteel, and John Mosellock. I know Mosellock, every time we have him, gets a lot of reaction, and I'm sure there will be that. Um, let's uh, direct you to KMOX.com, Sports on a Sunday Morning podcast page. Drew will get that up there for us. You can hear it immediately if you want. Just go back to 1134 on your Odyssey app. Just rewind with your finger there. Uh, Pull it back to 1134, and you can hear the interview that we just did. What's uh, the reaction there? We're we're on, like, every social media channel there is, thanks to Drew, on video. But what are they saying on those videos, sir? So we got Scott in the chat. He said, uh, should should be no trades, keep the team intact. Uh, it's just one bad season. Don't make it. Don't make any more trades. Okay. We have to. Um, I d- disagree. It is one bad season. It's one really bad season, but it, it doesn't mean that they're going to blow the team up. But you have to make trades, Scott, because you only have Steven Matz and Miles Michaelis under contract in your starting rotation for next year. They have holes to fill. They have to get pitchers. And that has to be the focus here at the trade deadline is to find controllable pitchers that you can insert into this rotation, not to save the 23 season. That ship has sailed. It's now to get yourself ready for 24. And then you could make a run in the off season and make a trade or sign a free agent to add on to that staff. Mo just told you right there. They didn't have enough depth heading into this year. That's a regret of theirs. They will address that at this deadline and in this off season. So yes, there should be trades. Plus you're going to lose Flaherty and Montgomery most likely to free agency. Flaherty should test free agency. He's starting to pitch really well, and I think he'll attract some attention at the deadline too. And you have to get value. You don't want to lose those players for nothing. Jordan Montgomery, love him. I mean, of course, I would love to sign him to an extension, but his agent is Scott Boris, and Scott Boris is going to try to get the most value that he possibly can for Monty. And you know what? He should. And Monty's a, a young lefty who has pitched in Yankee Stadium. He's pitched at Bush Stadium. He's pitched in big moments. And they need him. Uh, somebody uh, uh, started. The, the, the market's not going to be that filled with great starting pitching. And he's going to be one of the top dogs as well as Flaherty. I think that Jordan Hicks, it's a little interesting. He will be a free agent and should test it. You know, because he's not a starter. And because he's not really one of the best closers in the game necessarily, I'm curious what the market will be and if it's possible that he could come back and be part of this bullpen. I wonder about that, but they do have some other candidates and they will go out, I think, and look around for some others. So we got Gene says O'Neill for a minor league pitcher, top 30 prospect, maybe uh, another player with him. Top 30 prospect. In all of baseball or, or on the team? <laughs> yeah, on one of the teams. I'm That's guessing, what you're going to get yeah. for Tyler, yeah. Um, yeah, sure. I mean, Tyler O'Neill will go somewhere and play well. I, I don't uh, think poorly of him. I've gotten along with him quite well. I'm sorry that he's dealt with so many injuries and can't get on the field. And the Cardinals have outfielders ready to go. One of them plays right field for you. Jordan Walker. There's one spot taken. The other one's Lars Newtbar. There's another spot taken. He's going to own one of those spots. They have Dylan Carlson. Now, Mosellock said last hour that 
you know, he wouldn't bite on my, not that I was throwing bait, but I, he didn't say that anyone on the team is untouchable, but he did admit that he's human and there are some players that are likely a no, but I think he's got to keep it open. He's not going to show his hand to any of these teams who's available, who's not. I think, you know, you want to see what the market is for any player, I guess, uh, but Newt Bar is an untouchable in my book, and so is Walker, and I could be talked into Carlson. I think we haven't seen enough of Carlson to say that we've seen his ceiling. I think he's still got some great baseball ahead of him. He's just a great kid, great player, and can do a lot of stuff, but that's a crowd of Burleson. I mean, there are a lot of outfielders, and someone's got to go, and maybe two of them. Possibly there's also a lot of middle infielders, and I like them all. Um, yes, even Paulie D. I mean, Paulie can, can, he can do some things for you, but Paulie's a likely trade candidate, I would think. Uh, and you know, you've got some, a star in the making in Mason Wynn coming, you know, it's just, it, they're going to be trades. So the, the one person saying, um, that you don't make any trades. I don't know that there's enough talent in the minor league system to just bring everybody up and go, especially on the pitching side. I mean, you're going to have to trade to, to fill that, or they would have filled it already. They would have fit, you know, Matthew Libertor would have just come in and taken a spot in the rotation. They need to, to make some deals. Thanks for joining us. Cardinals next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my word. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you.